Hello and welcome to Mr. President from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Mr. President, starring Metro Goldwyn Mayor Edward Arnold. Mr. President, at home in the White House, the elected leader of our people, our fellow citizen and neighbor. These are little-known stories of the men who've lived in the White House. Dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True human stories of Mr. President. Today's Mr. President drama will begin in just a moment. The old saying, history repeats itself, was never more true than it is today in this presidential year of 1948. So many things happening making headlines today have their counterparts in previous American history. For instance, what presidential campaign before the Civil War saw a third party swing the election? What president forced a certain state to abandon its laws of segregation of races before World War I? What president fought valiantly for worldwide cooperation among all nations, only to be defeated by a small group of determined senators? These are but three of the fascinating human interest stories that are the stories based on history of our Mr. President show. They're always presented in a manner calculated to build faith in American traditions. Now, listen to this Mr. President story and see if you can name the president whom it's about. Now, in just a moment, Edward Arnold. <laughs> Edward Arnold as Mr. President. Let's visit him in the White House. It is Sunday, and the old mansion is resting quietly after a busy week. We walk through the great doors under the presidential seal, across the foyer and down the long hall to the president's study. Oh, hello. Come in. Sit down, won't you? You know, there are many people who believe that one must experience great sorrow before one can have great happiness. And some of the experiences I had are very strong evidence that a great deal of truth lies back to this belief. Later on, of course, I'll tell you which president this happened to. But meanwhile, you may be able to guess. I must confess that during my third winter in the White House, I had troubles aplenty. The newspapers had nicknamed me the veto president, and they weren't far from wrong. On the personal side, there was great sorrow. It was almost two years before I resumed a normal social life. Part of that was a reception at the White House one day. The guests filled the East Room and the Blue Room to overflowing. 
and I receive them in the green room between the other two. Mr. President, it's wonderful to see you in good spirits. Oh, thank you, Senator. Glad you and Mrs. Benton were able to come. <laughs> well, you know how women are at the height of the social season. But this is one time, Mr. President, when you couldn't have kept me away. Not with a team of horses. No, sir. Uh, you flatter my hospitality, Senator. I do not, sir. If I may be permitted to contradict the chief executive. <laughs> You're not the first member of the Senate to do that, sir. <laughs> I dare say not. Oh, dear, now. I'm forgetting myself. May I present some friends of mine from New York who have recently taken up residence here in Washington? Of course, Senator. And, sir, Mrs. David Gardner. How do you do? Miss Julia Gardner. How do you do, Mr. President? How do you do? And the husband and father of these charming ladies, David Gardner. Nice to see you, Mr. Gardner. Oh, I, I seem to remember... Uh, you have been in the service of our home state. Yes, sir. Are you enjoying Washington? I am, I know. And Mrs. Gardner? Oh, a most exciting city, Mr. President. Although I'm not sure whether it's the place or the people which make it so. Well, there have been times when I have felt it would be a wonderful place without people. <laughs> Your directness is refreshing, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And you, Miss Gardner? I'm afraid the elder generation has stolen all my Sundays. Oh, I'm not so sure of that. New Yorkers inevitably have comparisons to make. <laughs> Haven't we, though? <laughs> In that case, Mr. President, uh, Julia. I might say that Washington has all the atmosphere of a capital, while New York has all the atmosphere of a big city. I agree with you. And let me say that the next time I need a diplomat in our State Department, I shall undoubtedly send for you. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, Julia, dear, we're holding up the reception line. I'm sure we've taken up too much of the President's time as it is. Oh, not at all, Mrs. Gardner. Oh, we mustn't keep you from the rest of your guests, sir. <laughs> if you insist, Mrs. Gardner, I trust we shall see more of you while you're in Washington. We will be honored, Mr. President. Likewise, sir. And please make yourselves at home, and when the music starts... I shall be honored if Miss Gardner will allow me to be a partner in a waltz or two. Thank you. Have a good time at the reception last night, Miss Sarah. Oh, yes, sir. And if I may, wasn't it good to see the president enjoying himself so much? Miss Sarah, I was completely taken back. I haven't seen him behave like that in a long time. He didn't seem to have a worry in the world. Yes, I know. Acted as if his mind were on something miles away. Uh, maybe it's not for me to say, Senator, but... Uh, well, speak I... up, Miss Sarah. Have an idea? Well, sir, I was thinking... What? The first lady passed away almost two years Stop ago. Stop making riddles. There's no riddle, Senator. This house has been lonely for him since then. He's tried to immerse himself entirely in work. What's all this to do with last night's reception? Oh, I think it may be quite simple. A lonely man, the rather sudden entrance of a lovely young woman who appears quite as intelligent as she is lovely. Oh, to a woman's eye, Senator, it's very simple. Almost as simple as one plus one makes two. <laughs> To be frank, Mr. President, I cannot see why you went quite so far as to break with the party which elected you. No, well, that's a long story, Mr. Garden. I'm afraid I'd bore you if I went into that now. The political conversation is always heard in the drawing rooms in Washington, isn't it? And it belongs in the offices, madam. No exceptions, Mr. President? Oh, possibly to the dinner table after the ladies have withdrawn. 
And I'm given to understand that in some cases, husbands have been influenced by their wives. Yes. Some cases? Julia. Uh, see here, I thought all this began with our guests not wanting to talk politics at a family dinner like this. Oh, on the contrary, Father. It began when you started the subject. Oh, she has you there, Godmother. <laughs> right, Mr. Seed. And frankly, let me offer the President a word of advice. Never argue with a woman. Gardner, you're absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm really sorry. It's almost time for me to be on my way. Oh, so soon. Well, I've stolen this very pleasant evening, Mrs. Gardner. Stolen it from my desk. But uh, I would like to say that an evening with such a family as the Gardner family has been a tonic to me. You're most welcome any time. May I be our guest to the door, personally? Well, I would be honored. Uh, And once again... Uh, good evening. Good evening, sir. We trust you'll come again soon. Thank you, I will. Uh, is it uh, this way? Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Gardner, I, uh, well, I, <laughs> I feel almost tongue-tied, strangely enough. Why, Mr. President? Well, there are so many things I'd like to say. Most of them, I'm afraid, are rather juvenile. And the president must never act like a little boy? No, 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 of course not. And there's no grown-up way of saying these things? None that I know of. Well, then perhaps they might better be left unsaid. But I need words, Miss Gardner, not the words of the White House or Capitol Hill. Are they difficult to find? Very difficult for me. Well, then why not wait until they come easily? That may be too late. I'm really <laughs> circling my subjects, you know. I... And Miss Sarah will be very angry, won't she? I'm afraid she will be, yes. But, you know, I don't believe I care right now. And I'm sure you should care. We can't have the affairs of the nation upset because the president lacks sleep, now can we? Uh, no, no, we can't. Uh, another time, Miss Gardner, perhaps? Perhaps. Then thank you again for a delightful evening. And good night. Mr. President, Captain Stockton of the USS Prince. Well, Captain, it's a pleasure to renew your acquaintance. Thank you, sir. What can I do for you, sir? Well, I'm calling, sir, with an invitation. My ship has just completed a shakedown cruise, and my officers and men would be honored to welcome you aboard, sir. You know, I haven't seen your ship since you left the blueprint stage, Captain. I understand she's quite a vessel. The most powerful warship in the Navy, sir. Great advance in naval design. I've heard the main battery outranges anything afloat. Aye, sir. In fact, the men have named our heaviest weapon the Peacemaker. <laughs> On the grounds that no one would dare attack you? <laughs> Just about, sir. Well, uh, this is what I want to see, Captain. Then you will come aboard, sir. I thought perhaps a brief cruise, if you have the time, we might drop down the Potomac a ways and come back the same day. Well, uh, that's an excellent idea. May I bring a few friends with me? Well, that's your pleasure, Mr. Well, President. If it won't inconvenience you, we might invite the Secretary of the Navy and Senator Benton, a few others, and their ladies. We shall do our best to make this little trip a fine outing. Uh, weather permitting, of oh, course. Oh, certainly. Then, say, a party of about 20. Perfect, Mr. President. Good enough. And my thanks in advance, Captain. And if we are at the landing, say, at uh, 10 next Saturday morning. We shall be ready for you, sir. Fine. Thank you. Thank you again, Captain. Not at all, sir. Good day. Good day. Well, Miss Sarah, let's make the list. And you send off the invitations by messenger at once, please. Yes, sir, Secretary Upshur, Senator Benton. Uh, we better ask Tom Gilmer and Hugh Laguerre. Uh-huh. Let's see now, Joe Randolph and Carter Jackson, of course, yeah. and their ladies. We'll have to include an admiral or two. Well, I'll check with Upshur and command uh, Commodore Kennan. Well, that ought to do it. Yes, sir. Of course, sir. And their ladies. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, 
I, I believe I owe a gesture of hospitality to the uh, gardeners. Yes, sir. I believe you do. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, do you think, Miss Sarah, that the gardener, I mean the gardener family, would be interested in the country's latest and most powerful ship of war? Well, I'm certain the uh, family would, sir. Uh-huh. Well, then, uh, get to it, Miss Sarah. Get to it and send me the vacations at once, if you please, and ask for a response by return messenger. Yes, sir. And, Miss Sarah, from now until Saturday evening, we're all in the Navy, so let's drop the yes, sir, shall we? Drop the yes, sir? Yes, Miss Sarah. Let's practice naval manners. Let's... Well, let me hear you say, aye, aye, sir. Very well, Mr. President. Aye, aye. Aye, 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 My compliments to your steward, Captain. Excellent luncheon and perfectly served. Thank you, sir. I never understand, Captain, how you men accomplish meals like this one in the limited space aboard a warship. Well, that's part of our trade, Mrs. Gardner. And uh, speaking of such things, we had rather hoped the firing of our peacemaker gun would be the climax of this excursion. Oh, I want to see that, Captain. I believe the men are merely awaiting commands, if you will excuse me. Of course. Uh, would anyone care to watch the loading? Oh, yes, very much. Care to join us, my dear? Why, yes, if the President will pardon me. My guests always have complete freedom, Mrs. Gardner. Thank you. Shall we go, Captain? Of course, if you'll all come with me. Uh, I shall advise you when we're ready, Mr. President. Very good, Captain. You see, Mrs. Gardner... Uh, would you have some more of this excellent coffee, Miss Gardner? Thank you, Mr. President. Ah, there we are. Are you enjoying our little outing? Oh, of course. I'm so glad we could come. Mm-hmm. Glad to have you aboard, as the captain would say. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, shall we go topside, too? I'd like to watch the handling of those guns myself. Um, first, Mr. President, if I may. Of course. Then let me propose a little toast. To the men of the Navy and their officers. To the men of the Navy. Oh, the gun frightened me. Well, something's happened. You stay here, Miss Rock Gardner, while I go. If you wish, come on. Come on. Send her below at once. This is no place for a woman. Oh, my dear. Oh, my mother. But she seems all right. She's there with Captain Stockton. Please come away, Miss Gardner. I'm sure we can be Captain Hall. Captain, in heaven's name, what happened? An accident, sir. The peacemaker exploded as the charge was being rammed home. There's adequate medical help for the wounded? Aye, sir. Or those who need it. There are dead? I'm afraid so, Mr. President. Almost the entire gun crew. And, and our guests? The ladies are all right, though badly shocked. Among the gentlemen, Secretary Upshur, Mr. Gilmer, Mr. Maxey, and Mr. Gardner have all been killed outright, Mr. President. In just a moment, we'll come back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. Right now, I'd like to tell you the story of a war bride. Her name is Helen. She just recently arrived from Europe. Helen's quite impressed with our country, with our shops and buildings, our great cities and wonderful highways. But mostly, Helen is impressed with our way of life, with the freedom everyone enjoys. However, one thing surprises Helen. She wonders why so many people take their liberty for granted. In her country, the people know that liberty is a fragile thing, that it can disappear almost overnight. 
This is one reason why Helen will make a good American citizen, for she plans to work at freedom. That's something each of us should do, work at freedom, by participating in the affairs of our community, as well as our state and our nation. Remember, protect our own future security and set an example for the rest of the world. Remember, our American heritage. Now back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. you've already guessed which president all this happened to. Later on, of course, I'll tell you which one it was. The terrible tragedy aboard the Princeton left its mark upon the lives of all of us. We paid every honor possible to the dead, to the Navy men and civilians alike. But nothing could erase the results of that explosion. Months went by. I felt particularly responsible toward the gardeners, and our mutual sorrow seemed to remove uh, our relationship from a purely social level to something much more personal and quite deep. Julia Gardner gave every indication of feeling this as well as I did, and the loss of her father seemed to have been the impetus that changed her from a very beautiful girl into an even more lovely young woman. I called at the Gardner home several times during the months of mourning, and after they were over, formally at least, she said to me... Mr. President, I... I want to tell you something, and I don't know quite how to begin... Well, why not begin at the beginning? I can't place the beginning. That's one trouble. I want... I... Well, I want to tell you that I don't know how Mother and I would have borne up these past months, if not for your kindness. That's terribly formal, I know. Words are difficult sometimes. Yes. Yes, I know. But believe me, my dear, anything I can do will be done both for your mother and for you. Thank you. Oh, uh, Julia... Uh, do you remember an evening almost a year ago when I came here to dinner? After the reception at which we met? Yes, I do. Uh, do you remember, my dear, how we stood at the door and I, uh, <laughs> well, I rather spoke in circles that night? Perfectly. I'm afraid I was rather a coquette that evening. Oh, no, no. You were a young lady who behaved quite properly with, a, with an older man who was in the process of behaving like a moonstruck youth. As I see it now, I think you were quite charming about oh, it. Oh, thank you, my dear. Uh, Julia, I've changed since that evening. Then both of us have. I, uh, I can say now that you're very dear to me, that I cannot behave or speak like a man half my age, and perhaps that isn't quite fair to a young lady who should have her share of moonlight and poetry. Oh, my dear. But what I feel for you is very deep in my heart. I'm flattered. Not because you happen to be the president, but simply because you're you. Thank you, Julia. I wish my father were here. I think he'd be just a little proud. Then the difference in our agent doesn't... Uh, ages, and there's always been a perfect understanding between mother and me about my future. We've been closer together than ever since my father left us. And you want me to speak to your mother first? Oh, if you would, my dear. I think that will be all the official business for today, Miss Sarah. Yes, Mr. President. I'll just clear my desk before I go. No, don't go, Miss Sarah. Yes, sir. I, uh, I, I've drafted a letter, and I wonder if you'd mind going over it with me. Of course not, sir. It's rather personal, but a, a, a woman's point of view. If I can help, Mr. President. Well, then, let me see. Uh, I have it here. 
Uh, there. I've crossed it out and rewritten it so often I'd better read it to you. My dear Mrs. Gardner, it is more difficult to write to you than I had thought. In the light of the tragic event of this past February, the matter I have in mind may seem a trifle abrupt. Yet sorrow, shared in common, draws people very closely together. That fact alone removes some of my hesitation in addressing this to you. I feel that Julia has given me some small reason to hope that she is willing to share my life with me. The very thought of it makes me feel both honored and humble. I might say, may I pay my addresses to your daughter? That would be much too stilted. I might say that I love her dearly. Yet the difference in our ages makes such words... Mother, seem... you may as well know. I suggested to him that he ask your permission to marry me. Julia, in just so many words? No, of course not, Mother, but that's what all this amounts to. Oh, I had hoped, Julia, there would be someone, well, younger. Oh, he's young in spirit, Mother, very young. And he's the president. Mother, you know me better than that. I'm sorry, my dear. But that's what people will say, you know. I don't care what people will say. He's, he's charming and he's delightful. Sometimes he's so shy, he's like a, uh, like a boy who's never met a girl before. I'm happy when we're together. Even if it's only a White House reception and there are a hundred people in the same room. The fact that it's the same room is enough. Do you understand, Mother, do you? Yes, my darling. It was like that for your father and me a good many years ago. Then you'll let me marry him? Mm, we'll see. First, I think an engagement will be enough. And since he's written to me, I'll have to answer him in the same manner. I'll go in now and write the answer in English. And so, my dear Mr. President, I am inclined to permit the engagement of my daughter and yourself. In view of the circumstances, I wish no announcement made, of course, but you may call upon my daughter and proceed after the manner of betrothed couples. Perhaps one evening in the near future, you and I can sit down together and discuss the prospect. You're a sensible man, I know. Therefore, I'm sure you will realize the feeling back of a mother's wish to be certain that the future of her daughter is assured, economically speaking. <laughs> you now hold the highest office in the nation. When your term is concluded, you will of necessity begin to draw on your personal resources. And I wish to be certain that those resources are sufficiently strong to provide for my Julia in the style to which she has been accustomed. <laughs> Until we see you then, I remain most sincerely yours, Alice Gardner. <laughs> What have I done now, Mother? Keep on the way you're going and you'll have all Washington talking about you. Oh, I think that would be very nice. Julia, more important, the way you're taking up his time. I'm sure the affairs of state are going to rack and ruin. Oh, Mother, of course they're not. The time he spends with me never interferes with his work. I wouldn't permit him. I'm glad to hear you say that. But I still think you might make less of a display in public. Display in public? Holding hands at the theater. Hugging his arm the way you did when you took him into dinner last night. Oh, Julia, it's almost... Well, shameful isn't the word, of course. Mother, but... there's only one answer to this. And that is? Set a date for our wedding. Oh, isn't it rather soon after... Oh, we weren't just a quiet wedding, Mother. Oh, we might slip away to New York one day. You and I and Margaret. He could come up the evening before with Miss Sarah and... And the young man who's going to be my stepson. <laughs> Mother, imagine me with a stepson. <laughs> 
I can't quite. Oh, Mother, please. You are in love, aren't you? Of course I am. You haven't quite believed that, have you? Well, you must admit, Julia, that it isn't easy. After all, he must be as old as I am. Oh, that again. Forget that, will you, Mother, please? You're absolutely certain this is what you want. Cross my heart. Very well, dear. But a quiet wedding, just as you've planned. <laughs> and don't think I don't realize that a good part of that little plan was made by the President of the United States. How are you bearing up, my dear? I never shook so many hands in my life, but I'm loving it. <laughs> and I know you're glad it's just about over. Mm, what do you think? Well, this is your second evening as mistress of the White House, and you receive all of Washington society. I'm sure you're glad, and so am I. Oh, uh, Senator, are you leaving us? Oh, Mr. President, I hate to tear myself away, but as one of the first to arrive, it's only fitting and proper that I be among the last to leave. First will be last, you know. <laughs> <laughs> From what my husband has told me, Senator Benton, you'll always be among the first with us. Well, thank you, ma'am. That sentiment is reciprocated, of course. Thank you, Senator. And I'll see you in the office tomorrow, Senator. Here now, Mr. President, no business tonight of all nights. Well, my wife understands, Benton. I'm sure she does. <laughs> Thank you again, Senator. Let me say in parting, sir, you are a very lucky man. You have won the most charming lady in Washington to crown and close your presidential career. It's my turn to say thank you. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Sir. You're more than welcome, sir. And good night. Good, good night. night. Come over soon. Oh, I'm so happy I could dance. Alone here in the East Room? Trifle large, don't you think? Who's alone? You're with me. And forever, my dear. Of course. Julian, you know you were very wonderful tonight. I could see some of our guests just waiting for you to make a slip. I'm happy that you're pleased. Please, darling, that's hardly the word for it. <laughs> I tried to take Mother's advice, you know. Oh, so... <laughs> What advice? Well, I had a letter from her just this morning. Okay. Uh, she sent her best to you, of oh, course. That's very sweet of her. But she said, uh, Julia, I hope you will be as quiet as possible, consistent with the president's situation. <laughs> Avoid public display, <laughs> be conciliating and agreeable, and not too smart. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's a wise woman, your mother, my dear. And I'm sure you know that her daughter has inherited her wisdom. <laughs> well, you've probably figured out by now who I was when all that happened. It really did happen, you know, and I'll tell you the answer in just a moment. Throughout the tumult of 2,000 years, a story has lived. A story of a man whose influence was widespread, whose life affected many people then and now. Many people called him the master. His friends worshipped him. His enemies feared him. From a humble beginning to a world-shaking end, the greatest life ever lived has come down through the centuries as the greatest story ever told. Such has been the effect of the greatest story ever told that during its first year on the air it won many awards, and was enthusiastically received by clergymen of all denominations. You're invited to listen every Sunday afternoon for a drama filled with compassion and significance. Listen when the greatest story ever told is heard over most of these stations. Now, here again, Edward Arnold.
events we've told you about today took place during the last year of the administration of President John Tyler. The first Mrs. Tyler passed away in 1842. The tragic explosion aboard the warship Princeton occurred February 1844, and on June 26th of that year, President Tyler and Julia Gardner were quietly married in New York City. The bride was just 24 years old, while the president was some 30 years her elder. Nevertheless, they lived very happily together until Tyler's death in 1862. Their three sons grew up to serve their country well. One was a college president, one was a judge, and the youngest a brilliant lawyer. This succession of events, I'm sure, may be offered to prove a great truth. The sharing of sorrow may sometimes lead to great happiness. Come and see me again next week, won't you? I'll have another story for you that I'm sure you'll enjoy. Goodbye. Edward Arnold appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor picture The Three Musketeers, starring Lana Turner, Gene Kelly, and June Allison. The President was created by Robert G. Jennings. It was produced and directed by Leonard Reed. This story by Ira Marion was suggested by incidents in the life of President John Tyler. Music was composed by Basil Adlam. again next week when the American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations bring you Edward Arnold with another interesting and factual story of Mr. President. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. <laughs>